2: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 193 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Arcline with Reptile. That's off of their new record, Laugh Now, Fry Later, coming out on Upstate Records October 8th. So later this week, if you're not familiar with r Klein, you should go back and look in the Getting It Out Podcast archives. I did an interview with Marty. Marty Cole, I believe is his name, who does vocals for r Klein. This song featured Mike Hoods, uh, who you may know from Hoods. On guest vocals, and they are a band out of California, uh, much like the band that I have on this week's episode of Getting It Out podcast, a California hardcore band on upstate records, These Streets. Not to be confused with Arcline. How about that? You can figure it out, right? We did it. Okay, but anyway, you should check out the new Arcline. Uh, shit when it drops. I'm not sure when it all comes out, but it looks like it's October 8th. So go find that on Upstate Records or just go check out this reptile video. It's pretty cool. It's funny. They obviously have a sense of humor and it's very heavy as you just heard. Anyway, Cam Ross from These Streets joins me on this episode. This is the second time he's been on Getting It Out podcast and we talk a little bit about that, but mostly we talk about their new record, Roll the Dice. It just came out. It's already out there. You can listen to the whole thing, but I'm gonna play you a couple tracks as usual. But uh, why don't we just get into this whole thing? You know how the rest goes. And it always starts with Hot Zone.
1: Damn, what's good all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone. Back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? He said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap 1st don't I? He said, no, you don't got to write a rap first, It's a hardcore podcast. He said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury all the places we've been We're never sitting it out, we'll be getting it in Why you getting it out, that's in all the places we've been We're never sitting it out, we'll be getting it in Why you getting it out Get in and out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Rest in peace, Shane Money. and LFPW forever.
2: Okay, here we are, another episode. It's it's fall, officially fall, right? I think September 22nd was officially fall, but uh, we're here. It's It was 80 degrees today, so I can't complain about that. Went out with the family this weekend, got some fall activities in, carved some pumpkins, uh, did some corn mazing in the dark uh, with phone flashlights. It was a little difficult. We didn't do well. We left. We, but I guess we did fine because we got we got back out. That's usually the hardest part, but we did it. Um, we had some ice cream. We had some. Some I had some shepherd's pie, you know. But there was a there was an incident. There was something that happened, and it involves a past getting it out podcast guest. It involves my daughter, my poor daughter Mazzy, got bit by a mini horse while drinking a cotton candy milkshake. And wow, the premise is really funny. And the results weren't that bad. It wasn't much damage. Just a little trauma and, <laughs> and a slight mark on her arm. But man, can you imagine getting bit by a what you consider a little horsey? And you go up to pet it and it bites you while you're drinking a cotton candy milkshake. She's vowed revenge and death upon the mini horse. And I'm not trying to talk her out of it. I did try to get her to go up and uh, make peace with it. It didn't happen. She decided she doesn't like the brown one now. And she's eight, you know. Once they become eight, if they decide they hate a mini horse because it bit them, who am I to uh, to try to redirect that anger? I think, that's, I think that's pretty valid. I wish it hadn't happened, though. I, <laughs> this kid just gets bit by every animal on Earth. Unfortunately, the latest one was a mini horse. And it's, it is, again, I do find that a lot of humor in it. I can't say it to her. So I'm going to say it here publicly for all people to hear all over the world instead. I feel bad for her though. And I would like to enact revenge on this mini horse in her place. But I don't think I can do that. They had a sign up that said, caution, these horses bite. She said she read it. And then shortly after the horse bit her, I wonder if she, if she hadn't read it. If the horse would have bitten her I don't know Who's to say, really? Anyway, as I mentioned This episode features an interview with Cameron Ross of These Streets And rather than me talk for a whole lot longer Let's just get straight into it But first, we'll play a song called Take the Risk off of Roll the Dice Here it is I've talked. I don't know when I don't know how long it's been. I haven't looked back. Do you know what it was?
0: Uh, I want to say over a year ago.
2: That sounds Maybe right. A year and a half ago. That sounds right. Well, we were talking about the last record, um so it was about the time that that came out. So that would make sense. Yeah. So what's been up since then? What what were we in I guess we would have been in in, you know, mid COVID shit back then too.
0: Yeah, uh shit yeah, it's actually been a while since covid kind of disappeared here um well i mean not necessarily disappeared but <laughs> <laughs> yeah um just being locked inside of your fucking house um yeah i, I switched careers i uh i had a kid that's pretty cool
2: that's all big things those are very big things
0: yeah <laughs> so it's, it's been an interesting ride uh just, just getting used to playing shows again, playing things for the band, trying to be a band again after a year and a half or so off. Yeah, it's been interesting. And then this, this new record.
2: That's a, that's a lot of shit. That's a lot of shit without a pandemic, without or whatever we call this thing at this point. Without a without a minor uh, inconvenience.
0: Minor's an understatement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you had a kid? That's crazy. Uh, I haven't had a kid for eight years, yeah. and uh, I think like my. <laughs> My youngest, uh, well, my my youngest is eight, but uh, I was just at my my uh, nephew's birthday party this past weekend, and he's turned four, I think. And there's like one other that's younger than him. I was like, holy shit, that must suck to to have to take care of babies, like 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 just to, like. I'm sure for you, it's totally fine, you love it. But like, man, to like think back of having to do that again seems like seems like it'd be terrible. How are you liking it?
0: Oh, it's, it's, so it's my first go around of it, but it's not bad so far. He's pretty chill. He's a boy. His name's Nash. Uh, he, he's very chill. He's he's my best friend. We just hang out all day. Honestly, I mean, he cries and shit, but that's what babies do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool experience. He's uh he's growing pretty fast. He's already like almost he's like a little over three months old. He's already almost sixteen pounds. Yeah. So he's a beefy boy. Uh, he's already pretty much able to like stand up with like little help for balance, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I've already I've already got him started on combat training. He'll be a prize fighter in no time.
2: That's good. You, you got to start with the army crawl, right? Which I'm sure he's got down by now. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just that's basics from there on out. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's right. Hook, that's awesome.
0: Uppercut. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, you get they build him up, you know. He you started young. Um, all joking aside, I, I I love being a dad and have always said like from from the time when I was, I always wanted to be a dad when I was a kid because I had a dad who wasn't much of a fucking dad, still isn't, you know. So that was always like my thing. Yeah, I will try to be a dad that my dad wasn't. Um, so so I've I've Absolutely. enjoyed same here. Yeah, yeah. Well, good good luck with it. I mean, it's a it's a fucking journey for sure. Uh, but, yeah. but damn. So uh, that's 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 enough news right there. But like you said, you also uh, you also got another record here to talk about. Um, we got yes, a couple sir. things we could talk about though. So let's but let's start with the record. You got another record called Roll the Dice. It's coming out Upstate Records, September seventeenth. So that's this Friday, right?
0: I believe so. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think so. Um, so this is this is going to be your second record and like. I don't know, less than two years, and uh, and it's another EP. Where did this one come from? This feels like it came up pretty quick, but I guess not. It's only an EP, so tell me about this record.
0: Well, technically, it's supposed to like play off of the last record. It was supposed to come out as like a joint vinyl. Okay. So it was supposed to be roll the dice, expect the worst. You know what I mean? It's supposed to play into each other. Gotcha. And then uh, the vinyl turnarounds became a little too a little too excessive so we we decided it was just best to just put it out on cd and just say fuck it just give it away and then you know (laughs) really focus on writing a a full length you know put out in in good time when we can tour around it but yeah these are just four songs that we've been working on since we finished expect expect the worst which is almost over two years ago at this point we finished expect the worst over a year before it actually came out Right, so okay. these songs have been in the in, in the pipeline for a while now.
2: Uh, are these songs that you've been playing live and shit?
0: No, honestly, no. We, we we try to we try to keep our live set current. Um, you know, stuff that people know that way. There's no dull moments.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, because I mean, I love I love it when bands play something brand new because it's cool to just hear it, especially if you're a fan. But for the most part, we try to keep our live sets pretty pretty active. And we try to yeah. keep people engaged as much as humanly possible.
2: Yeah, you really gotta love a fucking band to get into a song you haven't heard yet. You know, like you, you gotta yeah. be like ape shit hype for somebody to like really get you watching
0: it. Yeah, for real. It's it's a it's a real tough uh, tough thing to be like, hey, this is a song you've never heard before. Fuck shit up. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> yeah, you know when the part's coming. Just you know, just figure it out.
0: Yeah, figure it out. <laughs>
2: so uh so th- this is like you said this is only four it's four tracks right four tracks total um, one of which is is uh, is the intro I don't know if it's called intro I just have it written down here as the intro uh, you got little little B yeah. on there what, how did that happen where does this come from
0: <laughs> um you know kind of a kind of a, a lackluster story for what it, actually how it actually happened but little B at one point in time used to follow everyone back. Which means he gets your DMs.
2: Gotcha. Um, okay.
0: so I just I I DM'd him before Expect the Worst came out, trying to get him on one of the Expect the Worst songs. But honestly, none of the songs really fit. And we honestly had no direction on what we wanted him to do, but he's been down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially since we're from, you know, Northern California. A bunch of us are from the Bay Area. It's just it was just like a fun gag we wanted to do, but it just didn't work out with the, the style of the last record. But on this one, I was like, "Why don't I just get him to do?" I'm assuming this podcast is going to come out after the record, correct? Yeah, yeah. At this point, I think
2: I think we're a little late here to okay, get it out yeah, yeah. by Friday. Yeah, but, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Um, yeah. So we we were like, "Let's just get him to do some sort of spoken word thing for the intro," you yeah. know. And uh, we I hit him up a year later, randomly texted him. I was actually like drunk at the bar. And that's you, I'm that's the way to do it. To keep
2: you, you got to take your shot. That's the way to do <laughs> he it.
0: Said, <laughs> and he literally said, yo fam, let's do this. And then within two days, he had the, he had the vocals back to me. That's so awesome. it was pretty fucking funny.
2: That is funny. And you know what's even funnier is that like I'm such this fucking white suburban guy that I had to look up Lil B. And uh, the, the funny thing is that when I looked him up, I was like, oh wait, I do know this guy, the bass guy. Like so, even though I didn't think I yeah. knew who he was, then I looked it up and I was like, "What? Well, yeah, I do. I do. Even I. Even I. Someone as out of touch as me knows who he is. So that's a uh, that's pretty cool."
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, not only not only is he like a Bay Area rap legend, he's like one of the first like meme celebrities. If you get what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, like yeah. like a riff rap riff rap type thing, you know, he was like one of the first people to really do the meme thing, you know. So, we felt it was just right. Instead of getting like real a real feature, like we did on the last record, we had a lot of features. Yeah, I was like, "Let's just do something funny," you know, and it came well, out pretty cool.
2: It did come out pretty cool. And it's and, and and there's almost a, uh, it's almost um, I'm, I'm I'm struggling to find the word here, but uh, I don't want to say dichotomy. I think that's the wrong word, but the 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 contrast of something kind of funny at the beginning of this record to where the rest of it seems really fucking serious and not funny at all and totally in your face. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, the last uh, Expect the Worst record was, uh, I, I mean, and, and a lot of your other stuff was, seems a little more metallic, where the songs on Roll the Dice seem uh, like a like straightforward hardcore record. Was that the
0: intention here? Yeah. Um, our first stuff, our first record as a band were like, are still like one of the, our, our favorite stuff to just listen to and play and jam along to. Yeah. And so we kind of wanted to like roll it back a little bit and really go back to what we, to our roots essentially, you know, cause as we've grown as a band, um, we sort of like our first, our first full length that came out on fast break called clockwise. Yeah. That was more of like a, an angsty, Angsty hardcore with like heavy mosh parts record. You know, it was it wasn't necessarily metal in any sense of the word, unless you count my vocals because they you know I kind of do the pitch thing. You got a little Rob but, Flynn um, going on. <laughs> you know, that's the first I've heard Rob Flynn. I've heard a yeah. lot of things. I hear a little Rob I've never Flynn. Never heard Rob, yeah. Rob Flynn. Well, I appreciate that. That's actually great. that's actually flattering compared <laughs> to the things I've heard. But, um you know, uh, as we grew and as we toured and the bands we toured with, we kind of, were just trying to like, we weren't trying to do anything. It kind of just evolved us into like more of a really heavy thing. Mm-hmm. And then expect the worst was like the culmination of all those metal things coming out. Cause I mean, I was a metal kid growing up. I didn't, I didn't get into hardcore through, through old school punk and shit like that. I like got into hardcore from listening to like Slipknot and, yeah just just crazy shit you know that that was my introduction to metal and and then all its subgenres but um you know we just kind of wanted to dial it back and just do something super simple and super um less focus on production and less focus on uh trying to write crazy shit and technical shit we just wanted to make shit that was groovy shit that banged and shit that in the lyrics be really true to true to what's going on cuz We've always had kind of like a, a fixation on mental health and uh, the nuances of that, but this one was just like, you know what? We're all in a good place. I don't, I don't want to sing about, you know, want to jump off a chair with a rope around my neck anymore. Like I just want to like get other shit off my chest, you know, shit that's true to us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, like like I said, read it, reading weird. the that's- lyrics it's, it's really in your face, like you said, <laughs> and it's and I understand what you're saying. It's 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 less uh, it's less introspective. I guess. Right?
0: Yeah. No, totally. And I, I try to generalize my, my lyrics to the point where anybody can relate to them, but I, I found that with Expect the Worst, it really got to a place where it was too personal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And I kind of just wanted to dial that back and really get a grasp on a feeling more than a, uh, an emotion
2: yeah i hear i hear you and yeah for sure for sure um and 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 i think you've i think you've done that with with these songs um you mentioned the production of it is that, i don't i don't remember correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember that you handled all the stuff before, but I noticed that you produced and engineered these songs is that how all the previously releases previous releases were handled, or is this the first time you took all that on
0: not exactly um I've always done all the pre production for our records. Um, and in some cases, I tracked them and had someone else mix and master. Like our first 7 Inch Life in the Gutter, I tracked and mixed the entire thing. Um, and it was, oh no, I tracked and engineered the entire thing. And then it was mixed by another guy. But we've always uh, gone to my guy, Cody, and he's always done the full production, full engineering, and all that. But this time, I was just like, dude, I, I also work at the studio that okay. Cody engineers out of. So I was like, Cody's schedule's busy. We don't necessarily have a deadline, but I want to get this shit out. Let's just self produce it and, you know, decrease the budget and decrease how much it would like stretch us to do a big production and just focus on just the songs themselves. Yeah. And I think they sound great.
2: I think so too. And I, I was actually really impressed when I when I saw that you did the production and engineering. Um, because it sounds it sounds as As professional as a hardcore record sounds, you know, it sounds and I and and, you know, that can go that can go too far, but it doesn't go that far. Um, It sounds right. Right. And that's that I mean, that is a compliment. It sounds like a hardcore record should. It sounds very good. Everything's clear. Um, I didn't know that you had your hand in this type of stuff, but I guess that's just because I didn't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very cool. Um, you mentioned like there there was no real deadline or anything. Did you know ahead of time before this EP was finished that you'd be doing this on Upstate again?
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I keep I keep in contact with Mario all the time, and you know, once like the real promo cycle of expect the worst was over, it kind of just like took a step back because you know we weren't playing shows doing like that but once we played our first show back I was like yeah we got to get something rolling for a new release
1: mm-hmm.
0: cuz it's gonna it's gonna be hard to just like promo and and tour and play shows on a release that's over a year ago you know yeah we got to to get something out
2: well speaking of of getting back to playing shows it seemed like from my perspective over here that you guys got to it pretty much earlier than a lot of bands did did you catch any shit for that And do you care
0: uh, One I don't give a fuck uh, Two <laughs> I, think,
2: I think I knew that But I, um, yeah, I had to ask
0: Yeah no um, The second I, I, My thing is Like I'm not a tastemaker And I'm not like A figure For For, uh, for the hardcore scene uh, As much as I used to be So I You know I was just more like You know when the kids Start coming to shows again We'll do it yeah. You know what I mean Like I'm not going to let... Because if, if it were up to me, dude, I would have been playing shows a long time ago. But that's just me. You know? Everything... You go to a hardcore show, there's there's a lot worse things that could happen to you than COVID. Just being honest. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> now, don't don't get me wrong. I understand the risk of COVID and spreading it and all that shit. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm a risky guy. I like dangerous shit. I like the X Games. But, um... <laughs> The second I the second I saw an opportunity and we got offered a show, I took it. And everyone in the band was ready. I mean, besides playing our set and even while playing our set, we all wore masks and shit, um, just as a precaution, and for everyone else, you know, we didn't know how weird it was going to be. But as shows have gone on, everything's gotten more lax. Like no one wears masks at shows. They're yeah. it they wear when they walk in. They take it off once once they start smelling body odor. <laughs> so yeah i i
2: haven't i have yet to make my return to hardcore shows yet i was gonna go to a show that was local around here and then uh had had sick family members so i stayed home but i did just last week finally good, go, good
0: decision yeah
2: yeah well it was wife and kid i can't really go bail out to go to a show that'd be that'd be a bad idea totally. um, and a dick and a dick move um but uh but i did just last weekend go go to or just last week go to see judas priest and uh there was it was like a thing where you you they told you you had to bring like vaccination cards and wear masks but but you didn't like you had like like as soon as you got there, it was like, yeah, never mind, like the whole like you know this is like thousands of people, so it was just funny to see the you know like oh, just walk in yeah, the door I mean and, it probably it probably
0: it probably gets to the point where they're like we just turned away seven hundred people, yeah. uh the show's gonna look so fucking shot, and they're gonna need the refund, so uh let's just let everyone in. <laughs>
2: You know what? It did look shot. It looked it looked terrible for for a band like Judas Priest to be playing to a crowd like that was insane. Their first show in two years, and they're playing to like nobody. It was nuts. But anyway, so so uh, yeah, you guys start playing, Well, you you mentioned a lot of uh, worst things can happen at a hardcore show. And now, I'm just curious, what is the worst thing that's ever happened to you at a hardcore
0: show? I mean, me personally, yeah, uh,
2: I've shattered my entire
0: hand. So that's that so. The, so,
2: so the worst thing probably happened to somebody else, then.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, actually, I don't think that person took any took any damage from that one. I think I got the back of their head, and my my hand just crumbled. I mean, it was right before a Europe tour too, so I was pretty bummed out. But I just muscled through it. Yeah. Um, I didn't even go to the like. I didn't even wear the cast. I just took the cast off and went straight to Europe.
2: <laughs> nice. That that's happened to me before the, but, the back the back of the head thing and and end up with a broken hand. That was that was my first broken hand was the back of a head and uh, that's
0: that's not fun. Yeah, I think that was the turnstile nonstop feeling record release in Oakland. That was crazy.
2: Oh, very topical. All right, so 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 I think we talked about this before, but these streets has been around for quite a long time at this point, right?
0: Oh yeah, I think like eight years now.
2: Eight years. So how do you feel like the, like overall the, the band has changed from when you started eight years ago till, to Roll the Dice?
0: You know, when we started, you know, when you start a band, you're typically, and I'm not going to speak for everybody who starts a band, typically you're like, I want to make a band that sounds like this band, this band, and this band if they fucked each other and made a baby, you know? Right. And that's kinda what that's kinda what we did. And if I told you the bands, you'd fucking laugh. But What were the well, bands? I think the biggest thing that's <laughs> He's got Mongoloids. Them. Okay, Mongoloids I hear it. Mongoloids and Warhound were the main two. If okay. you heard our first demo, you would you would literally hear Mongoloids and Warhound and it was well, awful. It sounded well, like
2: just earlier today, I was listening and thinking. Just earlier today I was listening to your old to the old stuff, and I was thinking. I hear a lot of Mongoloids in here. I didn't. I didn't. Warhound didn't come across, but because I never really cared about that band. But Mongoloids for sure. I love Time Trials, and I and I could hear it in there. So I so I get it. I hear that one.
0: Yeah, Greg is like one of my biggest inspirations as a frontman in general. Um, so that was, it was, it, that was just one of the things I wanted to get into uh, when we started. But I think biggest thing that's changed is really finding out what our sound is and the fact that it's not one thing ever like we can literally just play whatever the hell we want i okay. i made a, i made a, like a conscious decision years ago to just never stick to one thing unless i want to and always make this band my favorite band that's all i do when i plug in my guitar to my interface and i pre-pro songs or I write something or we jam or whatever I'm never thinking oh, man, I mean I want it to sound like this this song from this record I'm always just like dude I'm just trying to write my next my, my favorite record I mean if nobody gives a fuck about Roll the Dice I could still put it in my CD player and be like damn this record is kick ass you know <laughs> yeah. and I think that's that's the biggest thing that's changed from, from when we started we, we no longer want to be derivative of something we just want to be derivative of what we what we want you know
2: well, is, is are these is these streets essentially Cam Ross is are you the o- are you the only one that's been with it the whole time
0: uh no uh, um our bassist his name's Josh he just joined the band he's an original member um, and then Ben, our drummer he's a big part of the writing process as well um Fred and Jt are guitarists they have written and performed on the record um but you know, it takes a while for people to join the band and to grasp where the band is going fully. You can't just, like, put someone in and expect them to be able to write a e Street song. You know what right. I mean? So I think by the time our next release comes out, it'll be something that's really just, like, a unit effort. And, I mean, in no way, shape, or form do I want to be in charge of writing the music, making the sets, making the merch. Because I, I pretty much do everything for the band, Yeah. but I don't want to. I, I'd like it to be... A group effort, and it's it's really coming towards that way. Like all the guitar performances on the record are as the guys. Everybody who's performing on this record is performing their parts. So I think that's that's a cool thing about this record, and it's different from from previous records because it has been just me in the past.
2: That's what I thought. I thought I thought it was more you, and so that's cool. It's, it's way more collaborative then.
0: Yeah, even down to like the art and just like the the, the creative direction of the band and and things like that, like. I'm super involved with Josh, our basis, especially now that he's back in the band, um, about what we want the band to be since we've been, we've been in since the beginning.
2: Do you guys put your heads together and decide when to
0: use the, duh, or the? Um, no, that's just, honestly, <laughs> that's just care. Honestly, it's just being careless as fuck. Uh, I purposely wanted the A and the the for absolutely no reason. I just I wanted it to look like shit.
2: No, I I, I I appreciate the the, all right, but I but like I was looking at there was a, what's the other band, there's another band, uh, fuck, another hardcore band from California. Anyway, they have something coming out right now where it's they use the and duh in the same sentence, and I need to talk to them and just be like, how do you decide when you use which one? And uh, you use the, so you threw the other the in there, so it's you know I'm just trying to hammer it down. Which how do we decide to determine the duh or the? But uh I like your answer
0: you know i'm that's... not i'm not re- i'm not a duh type of guy you know what I mean I <laughs> yeah. think that's uh that's left to like old school bands they can really rock that, but I'm thinking those more my vibe um the th really 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 gives it some uh how do i say it some bougie-ness to it yeah you know I mean yeah. we're not trying to be complete degenerates, but we're a little degenerate you know what I mean it's
2: got a little ad it's got a little sass right it's a little sassy
0: mm-hmm yeah for sure it's, but not, I mean, qu- the song it's not quite I, I i use the i, I use the uh the, the e and take and take the risk because i had to be proper for that one you know there's no rhyme or reason for anything i do it's just <laughs> whatever my fingers decide to do and my fingers sometimes you know take the reins on the guitar and the keyboard
2: <laughs> well it'd be interesting if there were some keyboard in the songs then too. So. but uh but no so there's some,
0: there's some synth in our last record. Just so you was, know. was there? There's the yeah. In the song Irreversible in the hook. There's uh there's definitely some synth going on. I'll have to very, go back and very, listen to that one. You gotta you gotta put some nice headphones on. Real really, really hear it. There's also hip hop drums too. I, I did a lot of cocaine back then.
2: <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. That's that was pre pandemic, right? So it's so you could we could do cocaine back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you mentioned take the risk. You know, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: You can only tour a Scarhead once, and, and what happens on the Scarhead tour stays on a Scarhead tour, unless you're making a record.
2: <laughs> you know, but, but speaking of cocaine in the pandemic, I, I wondered about that, and I asked it out loud for a while. Like, what happened to all the people? Like, do, do all, the, were all the people just doing cocaine at their houses by themselves? And if so, were they going to the bathroom every 20 minutes? Like, do like or do we you, just do another coffee table?
0: You know, you just when you're at your house, you have complete privacy, so you could just go buy some nice razor blades and have a nice glass dish and just be fancy about it. Because right. when you're going to the bathroom, you know you got you got all the rocks, you got all that dumb shit, and it's hard to just do it right. You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna do it at home, enjoy yourself.
2: Yeah, you don't want to do it like on a CD case. No, that's that's for. That's 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 for when you're visiting somewhere else.
0: That's if you're in the car on the way to the show.
2: <laughs> right. So why well, do you think
0: we got jewel cases, man?
2: There you go. No, no, that digipack shit. Never again. <laughs> well, speaking of take the risk, um, you released a video for that back in August uh, with some that featured a lot of footage from Scoped Exposures, Spencer Priest who I've gotten known by having him on here. How did that relationship come about? How did you get to know Spencer and get this video set up?
0: Uh, my drummer, Benny, he he did a podcast with him and he's like, yo, Spencer wants to do one with you. And I was like, word, let's do it. And then from then on, we've kind of just talked and talked and talked. And then when me and Ricky from Lionart started putting together this festival, I was like, man, it would be cool if we had some coverage. And I was like, who better than than Spencer? you know and Spencer had reached out about it too so I was like you know what dude fuck it we'll fly you out we flew him out put him up in a hotel room and he filmed the whole show like That's literally awesome. every band i don't think he took a i don't think he took a break not even to eat <laughs>
2: Well, that's 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 a poor choice, but you know it's up to him. Spencer uh, Spencer's Spence a good guy, and I, like I said, I've had him on here before, and and I'm glad to see he's getting uh, he's getting his name out there, and he's getting known for what he's doing. And he's doing a lot of cool shit. So that, that was I, when I when I finished watching your video, I saw you know I can kind of tell it was his work, but uh, but but at the end where I saw it was uh, all video by Spencer, I'm like yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he's the man, dude. Well, um, that that also brings up another thing. Well, first of all, you said Ricky from Lionheart, right? Which who I believe texts me like once every six months and says he wants to do a podcast out of nowhere, and I'm like, yeah, let's just do it, and then nothing ever happens. So tell him just to just to send a follow up text. By the way, <laughs> I get to, I, he always gets the he sends the first one, and then he never sends the second one, and you know. But but anyway, that's. <laughs> That's beside try book, the point.
0: Try booking a festival with him.
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about that Northern Alliance Fest, right? That's what. That's who That's who you booked that with.
0: Yeah, and me, you Ricky, guys, um, you, uh, you 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 were Ricky, previously uh, a member uh, uh, of
2: Lionheart, right? Sorry, I think we're I think we're getting a delay and right. overlapping each other.
0: No, you're good.
2: So yeah, go uh, ahead. yeah, I used
0: to play for Lionheart.
2: Yeah. So the guys that booked it are you, Ricky, and who?
0: Oh, um, our boy Troy and a guy named Andrew. He used to play for a band named on Warpath, lose 9 a long time ago, old band.
2: Yeah, I'm on a, a Warpath at least. Um, so what, what's what's up with this fest this year? Is this an annual thing? I saw it happening this year, and uh, but I don't know that I noticed it before, but maybe I just didn't notice it before because I'm in Pennsylvania and you're in California. Is this an annual thing?
0: Uh, it's going to be annual for sure. Uh, we've done it a couple years ago. I, mean, I think uh, we had Sheer Terror, Take Offense, and Easy Money as the headliners on that one. Nice. But we're gonna we're we're moving towards doing it annually and trying to make it bigger and better every year.
2: Is that tough to do
0: in your area? Not exactly. Um, you know, it's 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 just one of those things where in Northern California uh, and especially the Bay Area, you don't really need headliners. You just have the the bands that exist there, and they are their own headliners. You know, and I, and when I'm, when I say headliner, I mean like you don't have to fly a band out. And, or get a date on their tour specifically for your show. Like Gulch could literally show up quite literally anywhere and play to 2,000 people. And it's the coolest thing in the fucking world, you know? Um, yeah. But we wanted to try and do something different. We wanted to lock down, get Madball, you know? Um, and, but we also wanted to, like, do do make it a two-day thing and, and do a second day that had more metal bands on it. That way we could, you know, bring a diverse crowd to each day. And did so that's it, kind it, of where it gets difficult. Is it,
2: was it a successful endeavor this year?
0: Absolutely. I mean, other than Madball, unfortunately having to drop it, yeah. and um, that you know, a couple of people wanted refunds after that. But other than that, it was a great time, and it, it, everyone, every band was happy. Every every participant was happy. It was it was a good time, and it really it created a foundation for next year, big time.
2: That's awesome. And I really like what you said about how it can be basically the local bands, uh, no real big headliner, and still get the, the turnout. Because where I'm at, that that typically doesn't happen. Uh, Pennsylvania, well, maybe you can get away with it sometimes in Philly, but you need the really big Philly name. Like today, a big show got announced today here in Pennsylvania, in, in like a half hour from my house. And it's going to be like Youth of the Day, Death Wreck, Killing Time, E-Town Concrete, um, all, all out war, all these bands, right? And it's not going to sell out. I know it's not going to sell out. I, like, and it's like all it's like a, like every kind of hardcore all on one show, and it's just going to do okay. I hope it does great. I hope it sells out, but I know how it goes, and it's just going to do all right. And it's weird. It's and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just us being spoiled over here and not appreciating what we got. But but I but I love hearing that that that's not
0: the case out there for you. Yeah, I actually think I'm going to that with, with Ricky from Lionheart. Oh, yeah? <laughs> specifically for specifically to see Rude Awakening. Oh, right, yeah,
2: Rude Awakening's on that. I forgot. Which Are we allowed to call him Rude Awakening now? Because I'm looking at a record that's literally right in front of me, and it still says RA, and I never understood the rules here.
0: I don't know what was up with that at all, but I'm excited to see them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Good. I, I, it's been a while since I saw them. Um, I didn't know they were still doing it, but but I was glad to see they were on that flyer.
0: But yeah, um, it's 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 crazy that the West Coast has the power it has right now. I uh, I think I think we're in the middle of one of those times where like people will be able to look back at it and be like, yeah, that was an era, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how some people would look back at like the the '90s New York hardcore scene, or you know, the Boston scene at its peak, and. I think right now is a, is a great time for both L.A. and the Bay Area. The Bay Area, especially with bands like Drain, Tsunami, and Gulch, they're just on top, you know, in in a, in a whole different way and in, in the most DIY way possible. It's it's really beautiful to see, honestly.
2: Yeah, you and you're getting you're getting a lot of envious people out this way, really in the rest of the country. When and not 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 Bay Area, I guess the the, the L.A. shows that were popping up down there with uh, Section Hate and all those bands. And just the, the whole... So, the whole vibe out in California seems to be killing it compared to the rest of the country. Um, but for you, or for the Bay Area, the Valley, whatever, I don't know the correct terms over there, what is the difference between your scene there and the rest of, say, California?
0: Um, well, I'm located in the Central Valley, and so is our bassist Josh, but the rest of the band is located in the Bay Area, and I'll play in Bay Area bands, too. Um... The valley's always just been a smaller scene, a more violent scene, I would say in in a different way. like it's not just like chaos because there's thousands of people. It's just like like when I grew up on the shows it was like these really insane beat down bands and like we'd have like weapon shows and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Every, I think there's like in every state there's like your big popping scene and then you have like the really small niche beatdown scene where people just like actually hurt each other and people just don't want to go to the shows and that's always <laughs> been kind of like the central valley thing <clears throat> so i think a that's of, the biggest lot of thing, mesh shorts is that, you know back in the day for sure mesh shorts red vans and backwards caps dude like basically <laughs> everyone looked like fred durst but they all had like weapons yeah yeah i like it I'm th- and, like, and they just had an affinity for like bad luck 13 or something you know what I mean
2: <laughs> yeah of course so I'm cl- I was close enough to that to the real thing that I know I know how the rest of it goes but yeah that's... yeah
0: <laughs> so you know, we don't we don't we don't really get crazy tour packages in the Central Valley um, and you know that's something that we all have to work on absolutely like Sacramento is the t- very top of the Central Valley and it, it, most people wouldn't even call it the Central Valley but I, I'd like to think our, our scenes are pretty unified um, mm-hmm. but you know, we're always in this in a state of growth. We're always trying to like build it to the point where we can get big shows and big tour packages, and I think we're getting pretty close. And especially with things like Northern Alliance being put in play, that more more good things will come to our area and uh, really showcase what we have to offer. Because it's not necessarily very, very about cool. hype. It's not necessarily about the hype or any being popular. It's not like our show's not like a fashion show where people like crowding the merch tables. It's it's just people who just want to see live music, and that's more important than anything else.
2: Yeah, and that's that's it's really something when you have when you have a moment like you're talking about, when you're having an era um, in your scene. Because I've had I've had it happen where I, where I'm from, or when I was living in Baltimore, where it was just like it was happening at that time, and you kind of it takes a little bit to notice it, but once you notice it, it's 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 really cool. And then one day, it's just fucking gone, and it sucks. For years. So, That's hardcore. Yeah, yeah, it just disappears like nothing, and and then you're just wondering what the hell happened and blaming other people. Um, but but speaking of, of touring, I know that you guys signed with stronger bookings in Europe. Are you expecting to get over there anytime soon?
0: Absolutely. That's like next on the agenda. Uh, we're still fleshing out the rest of the year right now uh, for the States, but next year, absolutely, we're going to get out to Europe and eat some donor kebabs and have ourselves some good beer.
2: <laughs> so you've been out there quite a few times, at least by this point, right? Yes, sir. Has, has, uh, I think, I think we went over this last time, maybe, but has these streets been over there? I know you've been there with Lionheart, but have, has
0: these streets gone? These streets in a way I think has played Europe because we secretly played one song somewhere. I don't remember exactly how. That I counts. Think it was like, Somehow we played one of our songs in Europe, but not as the full band. It was like me and Josh when we were both playing for different bands on a tour package and we just somehow did it. I I could be remembering incorrectly too, like maybe we practiced it and didn't actually do it. I drank a lot of alcohol back then. Yeah. Um but I think maybe, but not as officially not on a tour, not in any way, shape or form legit. But I think somehow we have been to Europe. <laughs> Well, I'll
2: take your word for it, and uh, I hope you get there soon. It's, it's, it seems like a good time. It seems like they're a little more relaxed at this point, but I don't know. I'm so fucking out of touch with what's happening everywhere in the world, and it's too hard to keep track of what's cool here and what's cool there as far as uh, restrictions, as far as what people are allowed to do. That uh, I'm a little clueless. but um, Totally. But, uh, as far as domestically, are you guys just expecting to just stay at home in California for now, play some shows? Um, anyth- anything in speci- anything specifically to support uh, Roll the Dice
0: um, I think we're doing our record release show on the 25th and I think that may or may not be the, the last show for us in Northern California for the rest of the year just because we've done a lot of shows leading up to this yeah. which is, was kind of our plan we kind of just wanted to do like a bunch of shows leading up to the release to kind of promo that we were putting something out and then we're just going to take a step back for the rest of the year unless something really good comes up or we, we come up with a better idea than just playing another show um but we want to get out i think we have some plans to play some out-of-state shows uh nothing concrete right now but we should have something locked in by the end of the week for the east coast
2: awesome awesome well it sounds like you guys are planning at least planning for more than most bands right now but i don't know that also might be me not being not being up to speed um so, but but that's very cool. Um, so but take the risk. It comes out. Uh, what do we say? September seventeenth on Upstate Records. You're doing a physical release, which is the CD and the digital, I assume too.
0: Yeah, we're doing a CD, and the CD has the, the four songs from World of Dice, and then it has four B sides, never heard before. So that should be interesting to you. But it's only going to be on the CD version. So whoever okay, gets yeah. the CD gets the tasty treats.
2: Awesome! I uh, see Mario told me that, but I just assumed he was talking about these new songs were the four unheard songs, and I thought, hey man, I already heard "Take the Risk." But uh, all right, so there's, there's so it's an eight song CD actually. Yes, sir. Very cool. All right, I'm looking forward to that. So also one last thing I wanted to ask you about this. Um, I wouldn't say you guys have only released EPs, but you release pretty short records. You got a couple two nine song <laughs> records there too. Is there a reason for that? Is that just because it's hardcore and you want to keep it quick? Or um, I don't know. Is there any plans for an LP?
0: Our, for sure, our next release is going to be a ten-song situation. Um, we just want to make sure always that the, the the context of releasing a full length is correct for doing so. Um, you know, obviously the landscape has changed drastically for releasing music in the in the past couple of years, and a lot of bands don't even put out EPs, they just put out singles and just roll off the singles, and then eventually put out a full length. Containing all those singles, um, so we just wanted to do some quick EPs and just get music out the way we wanted to, all killer no filler type thing. Um, that way we weren't trying to rush to put together like a tens. Like we could have easily just like sat on the five songs from Expect the Worst and then put out the Roll the Dice songs with it all together. And it, I don't know. We just we just want to stay consistent with releasing music and just always be creative and, and always be looking for the next thing as opposed to just like trying to put together a 10 song record that we're not happy with at the end of the day. Uh, our last full length was unfinished business. It came out in 2017 and I would say I'm happy and, and enjoy listening to like ha- maybe happen, you know, just cause it was one of those things that we had to put out a full length. We were told to put out a full length and we were told we had X amount of time to do so. And I just never want to go through that ever again.
2: Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I tell you though, I, I I really enjoy that record, but uh, but I understand what you're saying completely. I've done things similar in the past where you, you, you put out some songs that you kind of think suck. I've been there. Um, but uh, all right, Cam, is there anything as far as uh, well, that'll be a whole different thing? But as as far as uh, what we talked about here, is there anything else you'd like to add to this? Anything for Roll the Dice? Anything that we miss?
0: No, nah, man. Uh, I just I'm, I'm thankful I got some of your time today, and I'm I'm grateful that you had me on your podcast again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Do it again next
1: year. I live learn. You learn to forget. I my to my chest. on the again.
2: So there you have it that was my conversation with cam i want to thank him again for making another appearance on getting it out podcast the song you just heard was dog days Awful of roll the dice out now on upstate records please go pick that up from upstate records ny.com maybe i think that might be something like their uh, website address um you can google it though you can find it these streets roll the dice on upstate records and i think that is going to be it for this one um, you can do the usual. Go to Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast and go follow that page. Um, open up your iTunes and give it a five star rating and review the podcast that is, or don't. I mean, literally, 27 people have done that in four years. So I don't think you're going to do it. But <laughs> if you're feeling inclined, maybe this, maybe episode 193 is the one you're going to do it for. I don't know. Just guessing that won't be the case, but that's okay. Um, I'm sad to say I'm going to end this episode with a Time and Pressure song. And I'm only ending it with a Time and Pressure song because Time and Pressure has announced that they are breaking up. They have two more shows left, one at Promcore. I think that might be the last one. And uh, one local show with Chemical Fix, I believe. And then apparently that's it. And that kind of bumps me out because they were among my favorite... Uh, current hardcore bands I've loved having drew maxi on the last two times to talk about the band and uh, just to have a good conversation that band brought a whole um, new refreshing take uh, to hardcore especially in the lyrics drew was very responsible for that and um, bummed to see him go. So I'm gonna end this episode with their song curtain call Please go out and check them out on those last two shows If you are in the area or fly in for them if you're really dedicated, but anyway, this one's called curtain call and it's from time and pressure and it's off their album halfway down out now on safe inside records thank you for listening bye-bye <laughs>